1: spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer here's a camping hack from ll bean to make your next trip the best yet tired of your tentmates flashlights shining in your eyes in camp bring an empty half gallon milk jug or clear water bottle simply strap a headlamp around it and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light for more camping hacks visit youtube.com llbean ll bean ll bean be an outsider Hey everybody it's in the clinch mma podcast on the fight game media network paul fontaine alongside ryan frederick want to thank you all for listening and uh for uh i want to make sure you uh subscribe to whatever feed you're listening to this on leave us a nice five-star review it helps uh, build the profile of the network and helps keep this thing going. And if you haven't already, also please consider subscribing to the Fight Game Media Patreon at patreon.com backslash Media for uh, all a bunch of great content in boxing, MMA, pro wrestling. We got you all covered. Even pop culture with uh, Garrett and uh, Chris with their uh, Cobra Kai review, which is uh, hot off the press. Sitting in my podcast kitchen right now. I've I got to watch the show first before I listen to those two break it down. So uh looking forward to that and uh, yeah tons of great content here but Ryan and I are here to talk MMA and uh man we got a we got a busy week um to go over and um and uh and, go, and preview and um i guess you know what we might as well just get right into it because um the um we're we're going to talk about Rumble uh, later. Everybody that's listening to this knows, and we could have kicked the show off, but I want to kick off on a, on a positive note, and uh, we saw, I mean, I think you and I both agree, the best show of the year on Saturday.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: And not just, I mean, we both watched pro wrestling and MMA and, you know, even I don't know about boxing, but um, I can't imagine anything was better than this. This was really good.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I thought going into this show that the show of the year was uh, the London card in March, but yeah, this this surpassed it. Just, I mean, just absolutely incredible stuff. And then, you know, seven seven first round finishes and and fight of the year candidate and you know two title changes and it just I mean, big big crazy crowd. And it, and, it, and it was MSG. So I mean, nothing yeah. tops nothing tops MSG. So, so yeah, something about and I'll have more about this in this week's Wrestling Observer newsletter when I do a recap of the show. But something about November twelfth in the UFC just sticks out. If you yeah yeah, yeah.
1: there, I mean they always bring it on these on these <sighs> uh, MSG cards. Like, and and even the fights that you know you kind of looked at on paper and thought ah this might not be much. I mean, they were good. Um, you know, like I, I mean I'm looking at the list and I mean I don't think there was anything even vaguely resembling a bad fight. Maybe Carolina Kovakovic and Savannah Gomez bars, but even that not was even, good.
2: Not even that not even that one. I mean the, the three fights that went to the decision probably probably were if I told you those fights were gonna go to the decision you may you may think, hey.
1: Oh, I lost lost Ryan there. Oh. Okay. Something, okay the mic muted
2: something happened to my mic but anyway anyway uh yeah the three fights that went to the decision as i was saying saying if you if i told you before yeah these three fights are gonna go to the decision you may think one or two of them yeah, probably boring but no they all three exceeded expectations and you and just everything about this show was just fantastic
1: well, let's start with the main event because um, I uh, I watched this and as I'm watching, you know, I'm like, okay, this is, you know, it's, it's a pretty even fight, but Adesanya is just, you know, just a little bit better. And as the fight's going along, you know, the first round um was Pereira was winning and then Adesanya kind of came on in the last 30 seconds and you know he came close to a finish but you know didn't get it and but but he you know he probably won you know won the round and then second round uh clearly won was it him no it's Pereira
2: that won the second right Pereira won the second yeah yeah he was he was winning the first up until about the last five seconds
1: yeah, and then yeah, and then he won the second. Adesanya kind of took over in the third. He took him down in the third, and held him for you know almost the whole round. So he clearly won that round. And then the fourth, he was a little bit better on the feet. I was surprised in the fifth when they flashed up the st- the um, strike counts, and Pereira was actually had a decent lead on the strikes, which surprised me. But I mean, I think everybody watching had a three-one um, Adesanya going into the fifth. And I'm thinking as I'm watching this, I'm like, you know what? Pereira's showing me enough here that they could rematch these guys in, you know, a year and a half. You know, if if Pereira picks up a couple wins and it's like, you know, he's gonna be better. And Adesanya, you know, is probably as good as he's gonna get. You know, maybe you could, you know, you can get better. But I mean, Pereira's definitely gonna get better. And I'm like, okay, you know, he's gonna learn from this fight, he's gonna get better. And then all of a sudden he caught him. And uh, you know, and it wasn't like the Usman where it was just like uh, Leon Edwards and Newsman was just like out of nowhere. But it was the same kind of thing where the challenger was losing, he was gonna lose, and he knocked his opponent out. I mean this was more of a barrage of punches and it was a standing TKO. Adesanya, you know, he he protested a little bit, but it was clear. Um you know like he he was not fighting back and and he was rocked. And and he got rocked a couple times in this fight. You know, Pereira you know, hit him good. But, you know, Pereira got nailed too. And like like I said, I mean, I don't, like, I, you know, I, he was close at the end of the first, you know, to getting that finish. But after that, like, he was weathering the storm pretty well. But, um, you know, he, I, I was shocked, I'll just say, you know. And I was thinking up until that point, the main card had been predictable, but in a good way. Like, it was everything we expected would happen, happened. Um, And then in this fight, I'm thinking, okay, it's the exact same thing. You know, what we think is going to happen, it happened, and then it didn't. And all of a sudden, a card that was, like, really, really good became, like, an all-time great card with, you know, with the, I think most people probably consider him the best in the world right now and one of the best of all time, Uh, and he lost. (laughs) You know, like,
2: it's crazy. I mean yeah if you if you consider Israel Adesanya MMA Superman well Alex Pereira is definitely his kryptonite cuz this is now yeah. three fights between kickboxing and MMA and Pereira's knocked him out twice knocked him out twice and beat him all three times and and you know uh yeah that fi- that finish I mean Izzy went down he went down he got right back up yeah. but he went down and then just took a couple more hard shots so so it was a really justified, it was a justified stoppage and uh Adesanya Adesanya, he was saying today, like he thought he could could have gone some more. I don't, you know, I don't agree with it, agree with that. But you know, that's also kind of his way of of trying to start the immediate build for the rematch because we know the rematch is coming. I know, I know, people were just like, you know, you know, tired of seeing Adesanya in title fights because he had a few boring one, boring ones. This was not boring at all, and I think no. a lot of what Adesanya's boring fights are. Are is him fighting down to his opponents because honestly, honestly, I've I've thought when it comes to him that the Whitaker fights and the Paulo Costa were fights. The fight those were those were all good fights, but like the Cannoneer, Cannoneer fight, the Vittori fight, you know those the Romero those fights were were you know they sucked, We'll put it, we'll it yeah. that way. will just be and and I think it was just because Adesanya was just clearly so overmatched that he didn't feel. Threatened, so he, when he feels threatened, he fights better. And you know, he fought better, better in this fight, and it was his best fight the most exciting fight in a long time. I thought his Whitaker fight last year was really good, really good. The one in Houston, uh, no, earlier this year, earlier this year, I thought that was really, really good. But anyway, but uh, yeah, rematch is happening. It's deserved. It, Adesanya had seven, seven, you know, straight title fight wins without losing, Out losing at middleweight. That's you, you know, there's been. Less people in lesser divisions get title shots, and the only other guy who's worthy right now is Whitaker, who who uh, is booked against Paulo Costa, yep. Paulo Costa in February. So that you know, what I mean, and uh, you know, Adesanya Pereira too. That's probably going to be one end up being one of the biggest fights in, of UFC in UFC's recent history. I can't say of all all time because that's that's you know really high bar, but it's going to be a massive fight
1: there's some, there's some big fights coming in 2023, um, you know, between this and John Jones coming back and, um, Connor, presumably, you know, like there, there's, um, there's some big ones. And then we still got Bo Nickel and, you know, guys like that coming up. Even I think, uh, Sean O'Malley, uh, challenging for the bantamweight title is going to be pretty big. But, um, one thing I I noticed, and I I was going to mention this earlier and I forgot, um, As I was watching, and I'm thinking back to when we previewed this fight, one of the things we didn't talk about that I thought was going to end up being the story of the fight um, was Adesanya's defense, Um, because like his, his defense, like he was making Pereira look bad on a lot of these, like like where he was throwing and he wasn't even come close to hitting him and um you know and 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 then you know nailing him on the you know on the kind of on the rebound and uh i thought you know like that was kind of going to be how the fight was going to go for the whole five rounds but again eventually he caught him and um it was kind of similar to um one of his previous fights um i want to say um the i think it was the um With with the Michelaitis, where like in the first round, he was kind of had trouble, but you just kind of had that feeling that as soon as he caught him, he was going to knock him out. And that's, that's what happened. Um, Although in this case, obviously it took a lot longer, but um, you never had the sense, like, like again, it wasn't like Leon Edwards where, you know, like you just knew like this guy has no chance, you know, and then he actually won. But I mean, (laughs) you know, like in this case, you kind of always had in the back of your head that if he nails him, it could be over so it kind of kept you on your on the edge of your seat for the whole fight even though you know like you know out of was winning it was like you know can he last 25 minutes without getting hit and um and and he didn't <laughs> so
2: yeah let let his guard down just a little too much and it cost yep. him there yeah he
1: was backing up to the cage a lot um I and uh yeah, and, and then he just ended up getting caught. And yeah, so new middleweight champion, Alex Pereira, Glover Teixeira was in his corner. He was so happy. Um, you know, they at the end after the fights he was like talking to the commentators and uh you know he was just like he was practically crying, he was so happy and uh yeah, it was uh it was a it was a great cap off to to a great show. I mean there's one kind of bad thing on the main card, but I mean it was it was, I mean, it was still good, you know, it was good performance, you know, you know, talking about good years and Edgar, but we'll get to that in a second. But um, the, um, and then in the co-main, we saw another title change. So two title changes um, on this card, which, uh, you know, I think we certainly thought could happen, um, you know, but I think probably most people are expecting a sign to retain. But Weili Zhang, as expected, uh, beat Carla Barza. She submitted her, which I'm not sure that people expected. They were probably expecting a knockout. But, um, you know, they I thought Esparza's grappling was was pretty good. Like every time they went to the ground, she was just like she was refusing to accept, um, you know, uh, being in a in a bad position. And she kept like trying to work it around. And she did reverse position a couple of times. And but then whenever she got top position, she wasn't doing any damage. And Wei Lee, whenever she would, she was just pounding her. And um, I was she she was taking the shots really well. But, um, you know, and then, you know, they, they kept going to the ground and then eventually Whaley got her back uh, a minute into the second round and uh, submitted her with a rear naked choke and uh, Sparza's title reign is over. Um, And, uh, you know, and I think, don't think we're going to see her get a title, get a rematch anytime soon, because I don't think anybody was impressed with how she won and the fact that she didn't really want to defend it. And uh, I've heard a lot of talk about Whaley and Rose for a third time since Rose has two wins over her, that makes a lot of sense. Also, um, Amanda Lemos, you know, with her win last week, I don't know what, um, what
2: where they're leaning, Ryan. You probably do know better than me. I mean, I don't know what they're leaning right now, but I would honestly do Amanda Lemos next because yeah. uh, you know, Rose is the big star of the division, her and Whaley are big, are the big stars of the division, but Rose. Her last, I don't know how many, like five, six fights, have all been title fights. You yeah. Know, except for, aside from that one Andrade fight, I think she needs, after that, after how bad that loss was to Carla, I think she needs. I think you need to put her in a non-title fight just to see. You know, maybe where, Marina where Rodriguez or something. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe that, maybe uh, I don't know, maybe uh you know somebody you know yeah kenzie dern somebody yeah. like that
1: somebody that if they get a win over her they'd benefit from it but you know and, and if rose gets a win then at least you can say okay well she's got a win now we can give her a title shot
2: yeah exact, exactly exactly but i mean as far as this fight went uh you know kind of went how you expected everybody yep. expected it to go, go. no real surprise here here you know you talked about as far as the doing good on the ground. She's a very good wrestler, a very good ground fighter on the feet. You know, Whaley was clear. This fight just showed how good Whaley Li is. Like, she is just so such a great fighter. Like, it's a, like, like, I wish she was a little bit bigger. Cause I'd love to see her go against Valentina. I think yeah. that might be the most interesting women's fight that could be, ever, that could be made in the sport. But, uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, just, pretty much a blowout in my opinion and not surprising, surprising. And, you know, you know, that's, you know, it's good for the division because Whaley, Whaley, you know, I love the fact that Madison square garden was cheering her, you know, after, after, you know, she got booed yeah. in Jacksonville last year, booed at MSG last year. It's just, you know, it was very nice that, that, you know, the MSG fans actually seem to appreciate her more this time around and, you know, it paid off and she's just, she's just so good. Maybe a
1: little negative Asparza in there too.
2: Yeah, um, a little bit of right that to that last fight. Um,
1: yeah, that too. They you you brought up Waylee and obviously you're right. Like her striking is incredible. Carla's as as good as Waylee's is. Carla's is terrible. Like I I I just think she throws these punches with like nothing on them. And yeah. I mean, there's no way you anybody can be afraid of taking those shots. So you can just keep moving forward and. You know, I mean, you can worry about getting taken down, but you are you're not worried about getting hit. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, she's not going to, she's not going to scare anybody on the feet. No, no, it's, it's pretty bad. And, uh, you know, I, I think like Rose watching this, you know, just got like, she just gave that fight away like so badly. And hopefully that's the problem with her too, is that you just never quite know if her head's going to be in it. So um, I think that's where it's probably a good idea, like you said, to give her another fight first before you just go right back into the title fight. I I mean, we're sure to be good, you know, Zhang and uh, Rose, but um, yeah. Um, And then, of course, the other fight that we're, you know, everyone, you know, had, you know, circled is this is the fight of the year candidate. I think I said last week, if it's not a fight of the year candidate, it's a disappointment. Um, It wasn't a disappointment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, uh, no that first round i mean we've said this a ton uh this year like it feels like with different rounds and and uh but man such high profile and how that went I mean there was another fight on the prelims with with the you know maybe even a better first round because if if they these two had had that first round I mean you know it'd be the fight of the year you know fight of the century but um you know when, when it's these two guys with big names like this and and you just have like the back and forth and Chandler just came out firing like hard and hit and with these just hard shots that would have knocked out anybody and Poye was, was, he didn't even look phased. Like he wasn't getting rocked at all, but he was taking a lot of punches. And then Chandler took him down. And, but then at the end of the fight, at the end of the round, Poye comes back and he's like just pounding the shit out of Chandler. If that round had gone five more seconds, it was over. Um, Ch- yeah. Chandler's face was bloody mess by the end of it. He was, he was borderline 10 8 before that. And then Poye ended up winning the round, I think. Um, I think most people had him winning. I think I saw your score on the screen. Um, I w- I watched on a delay, so I I didn't score it live, but I I did have it for Poye. But I was close. Like I didn't know which way to go. Um, you know, like because it was because Chandler was so dominant at the beginning. But the the funny thing is, and I'll even say this in the second round too, which was very dominant for Chandler. He took him down and held him down. I saw people scoring at 10 8. I thought, no way, this was a 10 8 round because he wasn't doing any damage on the ground. But he he did control him. And under, you know, if this was Bellator, it would have been a 10 8 round. But, you know, UFC tells their fight, tells their judges not to score 10 8. So I didn't think this was going to be 10 8. But, um, but the whole time, I was thinking, like, Chandler's not going to win this. Like, some Poy is going to catch him at some point. And I didn't know when it was going to happen, but I knew it was going to happen. Um, because like he was taking the best that Chandler had and he wasn't even hurt. So it's like, I mean, I suppose if Chandler had a just kept going and not gotten hit, he would have won a decision probably, but I just had a feeling, you know, I just didn't say I had a feeling, but I just, you just felt like Poye was going to at some point catch him. And that's what happened in the third. Uh, did you have that sense too?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Last week, last week I said Michael Chandler is the best, probably seven and a half minute fighter in the world. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you can, if you can weather that first about seven minutes or so with him, you, you know he's very, very beatable. And yeah, he had a strong, very strong second round, but a lot of it was just holding Dustin Poirier down, and then you know he gassed himself out trying to finish in the second. Is, yeah. is you know and just being busted up and Poirier took advantage, advantage of the third I mean they had a crazy start to the third round but once Poirier I and mean, Poirier people often forget he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu you know they see you know Oliver submitting them which you know there was an inadvertent foul that led to the that kind of led to Poirier's demise in that one and then there was another foul in this one that yes. led to the demise of the fish hook and that was in the second and, right yeah In the second, you know, it almost led to a finish, but but Poirier was able to come back and win it. And uh, here's a question for you, Mm -hmm. Dustin Poirier: Top five most exciting fighter of all time? Wow, I mean,
1: probably
2: like the guy has nothing but incredible fights.
1: Yeah, I'm just like I, you know, I, I mean, it's, I mean, there's most of the guys would be like right now, you know, Um, but I mean, if you're talking all time, you got to go back and you know think of like a young Vitor. Um, you know, that, you know, was, was exciting as hell. And, you know, even Connor at times, but not as consistently as, as him. Um, Yeah. I mean, uh, probably Max Holloway for me, but I mean, not so much exciting as dominant. Uh, Geshi for sure. Um, Yeah. I, you know um, uh, what's the, I'm drawing a blank Um, Diego for sure. Gilbert, you know, at I times, Clay Eddie, at yeah, time, Clay, times. like it's all these, you know, one fifty five, one forty five guys.
2: Yeah. You know, but, that, but he's right there. You'd be you hard know. pressed to be finding somebody who's just consistently in great fight after great fight after great fight, yeah. after great fight that like Cerrone. We haven't
1: mentioned that's another yeah. one,
2: yeah, for sure. So um, I, I saw, I saw somebody bring that, bringing that up. He's definitely probably top three most exciting right now.
1: Yeah, I mean right it's now. him yeah. and Chandler and Gaethje. I mean, you just do a round <laughs> robin with these three. You know, like just put them all on, you know, these big cards, and you know it's guaranteed. Yeah, but, you um, know, big fight. Yeah, but I mean, at yeah. some point you can't keep doing that. But
2: yeah. you know, and I and I love how Dustin told him afterwards that that yeah. he was afraid. He was afraid of Michael Chandler. He was afraid to fight Michael Chandler just because he knew how dangerous he was was a powerful yeah. he was and that's you know that's the ultimate he, he even said that he even said that in the post fight too like that's, he's like this guy it's like a truck <laughs> that's like the ultimate like respect telling yeah. somebody that you're afraid to to, to find him and uh you, you know poirier uh he wasn't talking title shot he him no. him and, and benil dear dariush that looks like that looks like it's probably the direction and uh for a title shot unless
1: connor wants it because i i know poya wants connor again no he doesn't he He doesn't doesn't? you know oh i thought i thought they said that okay no he does not
2: he does not want that's what Dave. that's what dave said but oh that's what i I heard okay yeah con con uh poya wants nothing to do with connor he's he's past that he has moved he has moved on he's moved on from that chandler and connor would be fun that's Connor that's the, get killed that's a fight yeah that's the fight to make yeah it, it is and it's Connor to get
1: killed but that's okay
2: <laughs> you, uh, you, you know like i said it's seven minutes you know yeah just,
1: and you know what i mean they might have to do it at 170 um <laughs> they might have to do it at
2: 185 um uh, you know connor uh, I, uh, I, I keep telling you once connor actually starts training the fight again he'll lose some of that size
1: yeah, I guess, but uh, you know, you see,
2: he looks big, but I don't think he's white weigh- He's weighing that okay. big, all right. Yeah, because he's big. probably
1: not. He's not training the same. He's training for show as opposed yeah. to to go. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this was this was incredible. Um. Obviously, the fight of the night. Um. And uh, you know, I think it'll be on most people's fight of the year lists. Um. Yeah. I I still think it's gonna be impossible to beat that to share a, um Yuri fight. But some people are gonna vote this for recency bias. I'm sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah, For sure, yeah. It's, it's probably number two, number, yeah. number three at worst. Yeah, I mean, we've had some great fights this year. Yeah.
1: NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your
0: out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket. Go to your happy place for a happy prize. Go to your happy prize, Priceline.
1: Um, and uh, yeah, and then we saw, I referenced it earlier, um, really sad. Uh, Frankie Edgar, uh, you know, went down in two minutes, one second, flying knee, just knocked him out cold. Um, and this was this was sad. Um, and really, it's like I, I said on Twitter, he, two fights too many for Frankie. Um, you know, and uh, it's too bad that they put him in there against Gutierrez. I, I also made the tweet and, um, I, you know, that, you know, these are the guys are both from New Jersey and I picture a 19 year old Chris Gutierrez watching Frankie Edgar win the bantamweight title from, from BJ Penn. And if someone said, Hey, title. what lightweight, a lightweight title. title? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry just look at the men. And like, I think they're bantamweights, even BJ. Um, but yeah, no, the lightweight title and, and 19 years old and says, you know what, you're going to fight Frankie in his last match at Madison square garden and Goodyear's would be like, yeah, that sounds cool. <laughs> you know? And sure enough, that's what happened. And I mean, when he knocked him out, I mean, he was also going through some personal stuff with, you know, his, his um, you know, corner men and stuff, but he looked so sad. Like, he did not want to knock Frankie out, but he had a job to do. And I'm sure Frankie's like his hero. And, um, you know, both from New Jersey, obviously, and Edgar's a legend. I mean, Edgar seemed fine afterwards getting interviewed. Like, you know, he he was out cold, but he obviously came to and had cut a really nice promo, got a nice standing ovation from the crowd at MSG. Would have been nice to see him go out on a win, but there's not a ton of guys Frankie's going to beat these days. I, I got to say in the first minute, he looked pretty good. Like he looked crisp. He was moving good and everything, but he was just, he, even at one thirty-five, he gives up so much size. Like it's ridiculous that this guy fought at one fifty-five and was the world champion. And, you know, Gutierrez is, is, you know, he towered over him. Um, but that's just the, the way MMA is these days, you know? And, uh, but yeah, so yeah, it's the end of a career for Edgar. He's going straight to the hall of fame and, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, it's all these guys are slowly leaving us.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, it is it is what it is. You know, we we get older, they get older, they move on. We still keep <laughs> keep watching fights. Uh, but you know, like I said afterwards, you know, it was sad, but you know, not not unexpected. The finish. I talked. You know, we talked about last week that I, this is just a bad bad fight to make. Uh, crew or uh edgar should have been fighting dominant cruiser cups once and let's be honest you know for yeah. this, this fight you know especially with with you know cub dropping a 135 in his recent show showing that would have been that should have been the fight to make it really him and cub, him and cub but uh you know frankie's his technical skill is still there but his chin's long gone and unfortunately that's what did it you know and and you know it's sad to see these guy these, you know, legends go out like this. It's just it's really You know what my dream fight
1: I always to... you know what my dream fight I always wanted to see was that uh, yeah. I never couldn't get it for obvious reasons, but this would have been as close as we could have got to getting it was uh, that... him and Mighty Mouse. Yeah. Like I always I always wanted to see that fight.
2: Yeah.
1: Um yeah. even when he was still at 155, like I thought, you know what, these two would match up great. And um, but yeah, we'll never see it. Unless, yeah, you never know. I mean, guys nah, come back, but yeah. I hope he doesn't. I really don't. I
2: hope he doesn't back. either. Yeah. And
1: I don't think he will. I think he had a great career and he's 41. And, uh, you know, he, he did this
2: for a long time. Please do not do bare knuckle boxing, Frankie. Oh,
1: God, no, no. Just retire. Uh, you know, hopefully he didn't. Hopefully his money is not invested in crypto. Um, <laughs> and, uh, all right, so we you want to do the three star. I mean, we, there was one other
2: main card fight, but you know, yeah, I mean, it, it, I was mean, fine, it was fine. But it was fine. Dan Dan Hooker finished Claudio Puelas after Puelas was just trying to go M and R rolling all the time.
1: Honestly, yeah, we'll do <laughs> that. Might have been the worst fight on the card, honestly, and it wasn't even that
2: bad. But you know, if you, yeah, well, yeah, we'll do the three stars. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you know what? You can go first. Okay, uh, number one has got to be Renato, Mo- Renato Moicano. <laughs> like, that's got to be number one. Like on, on the entire card, he's got to be the number one star. Not just because he submitted Brad Riddell in the first round. and looked incredible. He cut probably the best post-fight promo in UFC history. Are you like, sure? Just, I didn't hear it. I mean, if you're watching... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, you couldn't hear it because no. it, every other word was the F word, but, but based on what people, I mean, I wasn't at the show yeah. but based on what people, people said, like he talked about, you know, he money and stakes and Joe Rogan in New York and Biggie and Tupac and how he just, oh god, just everything, everything like it is a I mean, I mean, everybody that was on Meteor Row was just going nuts over this, and it was, you know, I would love to see the unedited version, but I mean, yeah. just you could just tell with just kind of all the, you know, you know, if you get past the f word, the f word, which I guess you know, you know, that's every, you know, once the Brazilian learns the f word, like they don't ever <laughs> want to stop saying it, saying it for some reason. He's one of those, but uh. But yeah, just just like it was apparently the best post fight promo uh, in UFC history. But uh, yeah, just absolutely incredible, uh, man. There's so many to pick from. For me.
1: I know, I, I mean, just, was, I just, you can't just, go just, wrong. Just throw a yeah. dart.
2: And... Yeah, number two. I'm I'm doing this one because I've been so high on her. Uh, Aaron Blansfield. Yep. <laughs> I said this was going to be a bad matchup for Molly McCann, and it was even worse. I thought, Blansfield, she looked every bit like the UFC champion in the making in that fight just absolutely dominant took mccann down put her in the uh crucifix position had mccann in trouble uh got the kimura to and mccann tapped and blanchfield said today on arrow hawaii show that that she wasn't letting go of the kimura; she was going to snap the arm if mccann didn't tap so so good thing uh molly mccann tapped so tapped so that was a big one and for the sake of leaving you know maybe a couple for you for uh, my third one i'm going to go matt uh okay. just just I mean he lived up to the nickname Steamroller just uh knocked out Otman Azatar, kind of an upset as far as as far as the finish goes, because Azatar was undefeated, 13 and knockout power, but Frivola landed a nice left hook that put Azatar out and uh frivola came out to the to uh Edwin Diaz, the Mets closer, the trumpet theme, which <laughs> they had to get approval from the New York Mets to even even do that. And that's just That and MSG with Ray Longo in his corner. It's just, it was, it was just a perfect showing for Vola, for Favola and Favola. Tongue tied there. But uh, yeah, those are my three stars right there.
1: Yeah. First loss ever for uh, Azatar. And yeah, that Blanchfield McCann. I mean, I'm sorry. That. To me, borderlines on promotional malpractice because you had a Molly McCann, they had a nice little thing going with her and Patty. I mean, Patty's fighting in a month. Just give Molly McCann, you know, pardon the pun, a meatball to fight on the undercard and then she can come out and cheer on, you know, like it's working, you know, do it. But no, they had to do this. And now she's been exposed. Yeah, like
2: and... I said it afterward. Like they had yeah. a good thing. Like I said, they had a good thing going. McCann, can, can giving her beatable unranked opponents. Yep. Opponents, but for you know, and they had they were turning her into a star kind of. Yeah. Kind of, and it made no. I said it last week. How about how this was bad match? Like it made no sense to book her in her current state no. against uh the best probably the best overall female prospect in the sport made no sense
1: the the i mean and and aaron blanchfield called for a fight with um andrea lee next which is i mean that's fine but that's who molly mccann should have been fighting (laughs) you know like that you know somebody that's ranked but somebody that's beatable and it's not a terrible matchup for her
2: like blanchfield was i don't
1: even Um, know about lee i would have
2: put her more more like against like marina morose or somebody yeah yeah i
1: mean that would work too but i mean if you wanted a high profile like i said but not blanchfield i mean 23 years old she's 10 and 1 i mean i'll go on right she's gonna be a champion someday yeah um you know and uh and this was you know this this will be on the highlight reels for a long time Okay, my three stars. Ryan Spann, first off. I think I had him as one of my ROI picks last week, so I was real happy when he knocked out Dominic Reyes in 80 seconds. Um, I was surprised um, that Reyes was has a favorite, you know, based on the matchup and everything, and Reyes has taken some bad losses recently. so. Um, and, but Span looked good. He cut a really nice post-fight promo. Uh, comes off as just like the nicest guy in the world and, and a guy you want to root for. Um, and, uh, my second star is going to be Carlos Olberg in the opener, kicked off the show. Great. Um, he had, uh, he, he knocked down Nikolai Nengamaranu and then finished him with punches on the ground. Uh, great light heavyweight fight. Olberg, um, you know, is a training partner of, um, Adesanya. And, uh, that was, um, I think the, that was it for the good nights. Well, I guess hooker are they, I don't, I don't know if they train together, but,
2: yeah. um, Yeah. So- the Olberg, uh Whitaker, Reddell, Hooker. Yeah. Uh, so it's
1: kind of a mixed bag because yeah. Riddell lost and um and Olberg won. But Olberg, this is the Olberg that we thought we were gonna see and, and all the hype, but you know, he had that one loss that kind of derailed him. And then you know what, they can share the third star, but I'll give it to Mike Trezano. But Mike Trezano and Sung Choi had like the best undercard fight one round fight you're ever gonna see. It was just incredible. Started off with both guys, you know, at a simultaneous knockdown. Um and then they both just got right back up and started firing away.
2: Like Wendy, you, have you ever seen a double knockdown? I mean,
1: well, we saw it once at the end of the fight in Bellator, right? The um uh who was it Matt Mitchone and Roy Nelson? I guess, yeah, yeah, something remember, like that. Yeah. But I mean, this was, but this was crazy because they both knocked each other down and then just got right back up. Um, you know, and yeah, and then and then they just they had this crazy war and you know both guys you know landing shots that should have knocked the other guy out and didn't, and then right right near the end of the of the round, Trizano just hit him with a left hook and put him to sleep, and uh, you know I just totally fired up you know just kind of insane promo afterwards um just just a great fight and the kind of fight that you know like you got to have when you're on the prelims of a loaded card like this um and uh it's a guy you know people are going to be talking about him Mike Trezano um you know at at featherweight and Sung Wu Choi you know he had a great fight I don't think he'd lose as much um you know from this because you know he's an exciting fighter but uh yeah i mean we could have you know there's a bunch of other ones we could have gone with and even some of the like you said some of the ones that went to decision were pretty good performances by by the winners as well but uh you can uh take us through the rest of these i think we talked about most of them but uh yeah, yeah take us through the rest
2: Yeah, it started off with uh, Carlos Olberg finishing Nikolai Negramanu. First round, three minutes, 44 seconds, as you talked about. Then we had a bad one fight. Montel Jackson, unanimous decision over Hulu Arce, 30 27, 30, 27, 29, 28. Uh, This might have been the weakest fight on the card, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. just, uh, you know, it it was good, but it wasn't, you know, compared to a lot of everything else, it was very hard to. Live up to everything, but yeah, Jackson looked Jackson looked solid in this fight. Then you had Michael Trezano over Wu Choi, first round knockout, four minutes fifty-one seconds. Then we had Carolina Kovalkevich, uh unanimous decision over Silvania Gomez Juarez 2928 across the board. I had it twenty-nine twenty eight Kovalkevich. Did you see the the kind of controversy there at the end? Um I I maybe what what with, was with it? all the with uh, Buffer was about to read the decision. Oh yeah, yeah, a sudden, yeah, yeah, yeah. Suddenly, yeah. the commission official did comes have, in. Did anybody started, ever blow that up and show what the card said? Or I, I don't know. Okay. I, nobody's really. I don't think anything's come out about it. Okay. So I guess, I guess, you know, I guess somebody tabulated something wrong. I um, was just really happy
1: that I didn't have money on the fight. Yeah, because I, I, I very, would have been. Yeah.
2: It's very kind of crazy because the commission official came in and started writing new scorecards like like there was an error. Yeah, he was and just then, about
1: to read and then they like, no, 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 hold on, hold then, on. And then they and put then them they up could... on the board and the crowd was like booing. Yeah. Like
2: it Yeah, like, wow. it was almost like they were changing the finish. Yeah. Finish post fight. But uh but then like and then they had the little thing going on outside. Buffer's trying to figure out Buffer just grabbed grabbed the thing from him and went in and read the scorecards. So so we're uh there's still people not convinced that has won the fight because it, I mean, you know what, there. it was so close that you know yeah. it could have gone either way. Could have gone either way. And you know, the commission hasn't said anything. So as yeah. far as I'm concerned, the fact that they haven't said anything means that means that the right person in the end won. So uh, maybe so. the original one said Sylvana and it was yeah. just somebody screwed up. Yeah, yeah, or something. Or or maybe it was, you know, somebody tabulated wrong and they were going to read split, but it was actually unanimous. Who knows gotcha. yeah, what was going team. on? So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, the In the early prelims, Matt Favola knocked out Amin Azatar, two minutes, 30 seconds, as I talked about. Then a uh, middleweight fight, Andre Petrovsky, unanimous decision over Wellington tournament, 30-27, 30-27, 29-28. It was a good show for Petrovsky, pretty decent fight. He's a fight. Petroski called out Bo Nickel afterwards. Yeah. There's not, I mean, there's not anybody calling out Bo Nickel and he is, and he's called him out multiple times. And, and I mean, I don't know that I booked that first for Bo Nickel, but I have a feeling it's a fight we're going to see, you know, you know,
1: I was surprised that that um, that he won 30-27 on two cards because I thought it was tied up going into the third. Yeah, and, I had um, it tied
2: up going into the third. And this is
1: one of those fights where I think if we had open scoring, it might not have actually made for a better fight but because yeah. I think Petroski was determined in the third because he thought he was tied. And yeah,
2: exactly. But yeah, anyways, exactly. yeah. But yeah. Uh, then uh, we had Aaron Blansfield over William McCann. uh commercial submission, 3 minutes, 37 seconds. Then Ryan Spann knocking out Dominic Reyes in a minute 20. Then ended the prelims with Hanato Morcano submitting Brad Riddell in three minutes, 20 seconds. Uh, Brad Riddell today on Instagram posted that he's taking a break from MMA to, you know, uh, go fishing. Cover, uh, no, no, just to recover from injuries, have some surgeries, and kind of get his passion back. He just, he's lost he's lost a few fights in a row, yeah. a few fights in a row, and talked about how he's been fighting for Fifteen years nonstop and just wants a break, so so that there's that. And then, uh yeah, the main card, which we kind of went over: Dan Hooker finishing Claudia, Claudia Puelas in the second round with a body with a nasty body kick, a very bizarre fight. And then yeah. Gutierrez over Edgar Poirier over Chandler Whaley over Esparza to win the strawweight title, and Alex Pereira over Adesani to win the middleweight title.
1: We had uh, 20,845 at MSG, a gate of uh, almost 11.6 million. Um, and uh, the fight, in, they only gave four performance bonuses. Um, Blanchfield got ja- jobbed. <laughs> she should have got one, but um, it was Pereira um, and Zhang got the performance bonuses, and uh, Poye and Chandler got the fight of the night.
2: Okay. Oh. I got to say something about this. Or no, you
1: know what? No, not, sorry, not Blanchfield, um, because she asked for it. So I knew she wasn't going to get it, but Span should have got it.
2: Well, but, Spam weight. Oh, did he? Saves, oh, that's why he didn't get it. Okay. Saves, but well. but I, got, I still got to say something about about that. Like, we've seen events this year where they've given out a bunch of post-site bonuses. Yeah. You know, with a $12 million gate almost, they should have given away a bunch more. But if you're only going to give away two performance of the night bonuses, it sends a very bad message to give them to the two in title fights, even though they they even do this they got all the time, Ryan. It's like just, I, it's I, it's I, stupid. Like yeah, it's like it's dumb. I, it's dumb. It's dumb. Moicano, Aaron Blansfield, Matt Frivola, Carlos Carlos Olberg. Yeah, they all deserve bonuses. I mean, Trezano and Span they screwed themselves by missing weight. I knew Trizano missed weight. I knew that. They yeah they. I mean they screwed themselves out of that, but but still but still it's like even hooker like, you know yeah, like
1: he's bailed you yeah. out on you know taking a fight yeah. on what do remember that time he like flew across the world in like 48 hours and made weight like give him the
2: 50k just for that hopefully they uh bonus a lot yeah, of these people it, yeah they did but i mean like it's a bad like, look it's a it is a bad it is a bad look that's why i wanted yeah. to just yeah. like like bring that up uh no pre no uh viewership number
1: well i mean we wouldn't have them yet anyways but it was on espn news right so yeah, we're not gonna yeah, get it it doesn't
2: yeah it doesn't get tracked by espn yeah. news doesn't get tracked by nielsen
1: well any any idea what the show's looking
2: like it seemed uh, like a lot of interest I have, right? I have no no idea but it felt like it was the biggest ufc probably since at least the Mat, the msc show last year yeah so probably like
1: you know it'll be you know and adesanya is 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 a Pretty good draw, and this was a you know good fight. And then you had Poya Chandler as well, so I wouldn't be surprised to see it do like 750, 800, but we'll see. We'll probably hear if it's that high, we'll hear about it soon. Um, because they want to get some good numbers out there, yeah. All right, so now we got a lot of shows coming up this week, um, and uh, we'll run over most of them really quick here. But uh, Bellator 288, they just sent out the final card. We we talked about the show a bit. This is this probably their biggest card of the year. I know a lot of people liked that one in California a little while ago with, you know, McKee and Pitbull. I mean, maybe that was, but this one's got the finals of the uh, light heavyweight Grand Prix. Also got a lightweight world title bout with the undefeated Usman Nurmagomedov going for the title against Patrikhi Pitbull um and you know it's pretty much a two fight card um you know there's not much else on here but it's in chicago and uh i think the tickets are actually selling all right at the wind trust um so yeah this is on friday night on uh showtime at nine eastern eight central which is uh hour earlier than they usually do these cards so um anything else you want to say about this one
2: uh no i mean uh i mean i think uh Usman Nurmagomedov is going to win the lightweight title. I think so too. Over that, and and it wouldn't surprise me if Corey Anderson beats Nimkov. He was on his way to beating him until the foul. So uh, yeah, but yeah, that's. I mean, it's a solid lineup. Solid lineup. Uh, kind of. I don't know. You know, it's uh, it's Bellator. They don't promote the shows well, and you want to. You kind of like. You know, if we're not talking, to, if we weren't talking about it, you know, you kind of know wouldn't know would that this show exists. So it's just, it's, it's it's funny because like I, before they sent me
1: the, uh, the the press release today, I didn't even know this card was happening. Like I knew it was happening. Like I know we've talked about it before, but I didn't realize it was this weekend. And I think it's their last show of the year.
2: No, they um, got one. They got a they got two eighty nine in uh, okay
1: in December. Okay, all right. But to this so, so it's our second last. Um but yeah, so uh you know, and it's Friday um and they're going head to head with one, so I don't know. I I'll, I'll probably watch it though. Um and uh and then we've got a bunch of well, before that, we've got Invicta FC on uh Access as well as the Fight Network okay. in uh, Canada and they're going to have a um a light a strawweight tournament, so we don't even know all the fights. It's four. Four fighter uh, tournament, so it's um, you know four strawweights you haven't heard of, and I think they're you know the winner will get a title shot. One of the fighters in it is one and one, so it's like a AEW tournament. Um, the main, the co-main, so the main event will be the um, the strawweight finals, but we've also got Talita Bernardo, uh, who is I think back in Invicta uh, for well she fought there once before, but she, former UFC fighter, um, you know she went one and three in UFC, so she's the biggest name on the card. Um and uh going up against Katarina Laner in the so that's like the the most high profile fight, but that's invicta um you know what I usually record these shows i don't even think I'm gonna bother putting it on the p v r this this time because there's just too much going on, but if it was more interesting, if there's a few more fighters I was familiar with, I might but this one doesn't really do it for me i don't know what what you think <laughs>
2: The uh, what she's just said is the most I know about the show. So okay, thank you for that.
1: You know, um, actually though, what I will say is um, Claire Guthrie. I did see her fight before, and she kind of impressed me. She's three and one. She's a flyweight, Um, very young. So uh, she might be somebody to keep an eye out for. Um, We've also got on Thursday uh, CES seventy one from on UFC Fight Pass. This one is from uh, Rhode Island. Um, they're, you know, another UFC feeder uh, company. There's, you know, interesting prospects on on this card. Um, I wasn't sure if there was a reason you wanted me to highlight, or just because there's so much,
2: you just I just I just all. kind of put I just kind of put all the Fight Pass stuff in case. Yeah, you know, we got yeah. people who who you know want to watch Fight Pass, yeah. want to watch the Future Contender Series people. Plus, if you watch. CFFC again this week. You may be able to see CM Punk again. CM Punk, yeah. Joking about joking about getting in the fights backstage. One of
1: the um, – yeah, that was funny. One of the uh, guys on the show is uh, Mitch Raposo, who we saw last year on the Contender Series. So he's back in CES going for the flyweight title. Um, CFFC that you just mentioned is Friday uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central. Um, Colin Lubberts and Raheem Forrest for the welterweight title and Donovan Beard and Dylan O'Sullivan for the middleweight title and yeah maybe we're going to see CM Punk Um, biggest name on the card is probably AJ Cunningham who uh, has fought in LFA uh, a few times and so he's 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 the name I recognize most but the thing that I've noticed with these regional cards like it used to be that you would watch them and there'd be like three or four fighters you kind of knew about but what's going on now is the fighters get to the UFC so much quicker because of the contender series and the ultimate fighter and looking for a fight and all that. So like, it's kind of like we're one step back. So this level is like what used to be where you would be before you got to this level, you know? So it's like, these are like really, really beginning fighters. I mean, you got like one and O against three and O, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, and even the title fights are like, Guys with less than 10 fights in their career. So um, it's it's interesting, and you know, and, and the fights are usually good. Um, and yeah, you can say you saw people before they were stars. Um, and we, I mentioned one, uh, that's 8 p.m. Eastern on uh, Prime Video, of course, taped earlier in the day in Singapore. And the big fight here, of course, actually, there's a couple, um, Bibiano Fernandez, MMA legend. Um, uh, you know, I'm sure most people have heard of. He's fighting uh Steven Lohman at Featherweight. And Christian Lee, who I've talked about a lot on this show, who is charismatic as hell, is Angelo Lee's brother. Uh, He is fighting for the middleweight championship, which is really the welterweight. Uh, Cameron Abbasab is the champion. One thing um, I'm surprised because he started as a lightweight, so he must have put on a lot of weight, but he also started fighting when he was like 16. So um, he's uh, yeah probably put on some, probably like a Jake Matthews, you know, where, you know, they kind of got bigger as they got older. Um and yeah so yeah interesting on one those shows are usually good you gonna check that one out or busy weekend day eh, with AEW and everything
2: yeah yeah I gotta I got a busy weekend I got a busy Saturday ahead of me so
1: yeah yeah and and even Friday I mean there's um you know there's lots of stuff um including. Titan FZ80 also on UFC Fight Pass. There's only three fights announced right now for this show. No, nobody you've heard of. Main event is uh, Landon Quinones and Yemi Udawole for the um, lightweight title. The Titan shows are based in Florida and uh, usually a lot of like Cuban fighters and stuff. And you usually get some UFC cameos on these shows, like in commentary and at ringside and stuff. So it's uh, kind of fun. Uh, Hori Masud will show up at some point, probably. Um, and LFA on uh, Fight Pass is the last one. Uh, also on Friday, nine o'clock, and the main event is uh, Junior Mello and melkizal Costa. Um, and but Askar Askar is fighting on the card as well, and that is a uh, bantamweight out of Russia who's been around for a long, long time. And, uh, yeah, and Helen Peralta, I noticed on the card, too, is a flyweight of some renown. I've seen her in Invicta a bunch of times, and she was on The Ultimate Fighter uh, earlier this year. So, uh, yeah, that is the roundup of the regional MMA. Um, You know, and and again, yeah, if you (laughs) – honestly, Friday, just anytime you want, turn it on. Turn on Fight Pass, there's going to be fights. (laughs) You know, it's like from, I think, like 6 o'clock till probably like midnight, if not later. Um and those LFA cards are always really good too. The announcing on those shows is really good. I've i found. Um
2: yes, is very much so very much so. They use like uh Kiesa is yeah. used a lot on those shows and he's very he's very good. So yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's a it's a it's always a good show and you get to see prospects before they're big. But the big one this weekend, you know, as always, UFC, uh another Apex show. Um, from, uh, and it's an afternoon show. So, uh, if you're a wrestling fan, like we are, you can watch the show, get it out of the way before the pay-per-view starts. Um, or sure. if you're
2: so before, before zero hour starts even.
1: Yeah. Except uh, unless you're like me and have a kid that you have to take to swimming and unless you don't forget packer swimsuit like i did last week um <laughs> yeah, to... you,
2: you can watch ufc on sunday
1: <laughs> yeah now nah, i i will try to get it all in but i i have to watch uh, the wrestling live because i think i'm doing a post show uh with uh, kevin ealy from the boom from the boom on uh on the uh, youtube channel so uh but yeah it's ufc fight night on espn plus it starts at 1 p.m eastern noon central main event is Derek lewis and sergey spivak in a heavyweight fight um,
2: five rounds, uh, unlike <laughs> what, uh, Derek Lewis said he wanted to do. Derek but... Lewis always bitching about being in five round fights saying he's never taken another one. And yet here they, here he comes in another one.
1: Yeah. And I don't think it'll go five, but we'll yeah. see. Uh, stranger things have happened. And I joked, um, a couple weeks ago when Chase Sherman was supposed to fight Josh Parisian. I think it was last week. And I said, oh yeah, I'm yeah. sure we'll see him next week. Sure enough, he's back on this card, Um, and he's going to get killed. Uh, (laughs) But uh, we'll we'll get to that. Um, Yeah, it's uh, the big boys on the on the main card: two heavyweight and a light heavyweight uh, top in the card. But uh, Derek Lewis and Sergey Spivak. um, I mean, I want to try and pretend like this is an important fight, but I mean, I guess maybe it is for Spivak. But it's really just this is like this is the most like we have. We have to fill five hours of content for ESPN Plus. So what do we got? That's yeah, what this yeah. feels like.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always joke joke around whenever it's like, whenever it's you know, it's a, whenever there's a show upcoming that doesn't have a main event, main event booked, and it's like two months out. Out, and I go like, oh, it's an Apex show. Yeah, it'll just be a heavyweight, a random heavyweight fight. Which is what it is. Uh, yeah. At least for Derek Lewis's sake, he gets to yeah. fight before Thanksgiving and Christmas. He can enjoy, he can enjoy, you know, you know, eating on those. Oh days, yeah. Yeah. I didn't on think those of days that. for that, but uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a fight for Lewis. You know, he's zero and two this year. He's looking to bounce back, bounce back. He's had a rough year, and uh, it's a good chance for him to bounce back. Uh, Sergei Smirnov yeah. is a very He's a very good contender, and I mean, and this is Spivak's chance to break into the, the top ten and make himself a title contender. It's a dangerous fight for Lewis, uh, but also a very winnable one. And uh, Spivak, you know, he's he's a very solid prospect. He's won, let's see, I got it mixed. He's he's won two two in a row, and he's 5-1 and one in his last six. He's he's lost to Walt Harris, Marcin Tyburn, Tom Aspinall, so he kind of gets to this certain level. Yep. Level and and kind of stalls out, and this is his chance to to break that. You know, does have the win over too. Ty Tuivasa. Uh, Ty two, you know, yeah, that, so that that's yeah. a big win. Yeah, that was when Ty was struggling, and then, and then we did see you know Spivak in the in the UFC career of Greg Hardy earlier this year. So yeah. he's got a, he's got a little bit of luster. I mean, he's a hero. Two and zero. He's a hero. If he if he wins, here.
1: if he wins this one, I could see them maybe going back to that Tuivasa fight possibly possibly yeah.
2: yeah possibly so uh, yeah um and yeah, yeah and it's, this but other than that it's just yeah it's a it's a week main event on a week card so but it's i mean it's there's, a there's, there's a lot of
1: names there's a lot of names on the card yeah you know With like yeah, people, people, you know, Marina Murro as we talked about earlier in the show is on the card. Um, I mean, you'll you'll have your three fights to watch, and one of them I I'll avoid saying the two names, but I mean they're the most two interesting names on the card. I'm sure will be one of your fights. Um, Brady Highstand, who uh, you know we we we've seen you know a prospect that uh, it's getting a little bit of buzz. Miles Johns, you know uh, Chase Sherman, we talked about. Hot chocolate. We always like to see him. But uh what are,
2: what are your 3 fights to watch? Okay. Uh first one I'm going to go with uh Welterweight fight Jack Della Maddalena against Danny Roberts. Uh Maddalena is being groomed for superstardom, Australian fighter, an exciting Australian fighter, knockout power. Uh Danny Roberts, a very good very good matchup for him. Uh you know to see where he's at Danny Roberts. You know, he's coming off a loss. He's lost three of his last, last five, but he's, you know, he's good. 18 and six overall. Overall, you know, he's got knockout power, eight knockout wins. You know, and, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's an exciting match. Probably the most exciting matchup on the card overall. Uh, second fight to watch. I'm going to go with a women's strawweight fight, Vanessa Demopolis against Maria Oliveira. Mainly because I want to point out Oliveira. She's very, she's very talented and has potential to be a title uh, contender and strawweight. We're talking about needing some strawweights coming up. Uh, she's one to keep an eye on, eye on there. She, uh, I think, I think this might be only her second UFC fight. I remember seeing her uh, in Austin earlier this year, and she looked very good. Trades with Jessica and Andrade, so that's the one. That's a good one. And my third one, I'm going to go with the co-main event light heavyweight fight: Kennedy and Chuck Wu against Ion Kudalaba, just because that's probably going to be nuts and somebody's probably going to get knocked out because those two guys just they have no conditioning whatsoever and they both have power so we're gonna so we'll probably see a finish in that one
1: that was the one i was talking about that I figured you'd have like three. three. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, so for me, I didn't do the ROI, I forgot, but I do. I did look over the odds and uh, I got some picks for you. So uh, a couple underdogs that are, you know, slight underdogs, but I think have a really good chance of winning are Jalgas uh, Jumagala fighting Charles Johnson at flyweight. Um, I was actually surprised that he was an underdog. And I mentioned Brady Highstand. I kind of like him at plus 125 against Fernie Garcia. He's only 23 years old, lost a split decision in the tough finals. So, um, I don't, Fernie Garcia, I don't know a ton about him. I mean, we saw him fight once he lost. He also won in the contender series, but, um, yeah, that'll be an interesting fight. And I, I don't know. I think it's worth taking a shot. And then my third one, I mean, Waldo Cortez or Costa is only minus 200, like just throw some money on that before the odds change because he's going to destroy chase Sherman. um, Watch him, watch him get knocked out. But I, I still, he's undefeated, and and Chase Sherman sucks. So I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure about this one. Um,
2: so why don't you take us through the rest of the card? Okay. Uh, first off, I want to mention my mention. Uh, it's on the lineup here as we're recording, and it might still be on the lineup lineup for those of you who listen, But there's a middleweight fight Rodolfo Vieira against uh, Cody Brunage. That fight is off the card now. Vieira pulled out. Due to undisclosed reasons and they, You know what's just,
1: funny is I did have that one and I had it as one of my picks and then I couldn't find it. So they've it's already been taken off the lineup I'm looking at. It's already but been taken was, off topology. Yeah, when I was preparing yeah. for the card earlier, like I as soon as you mentioned it, I remembered like, Oh yeah, I was gonna say Vieira yeah. um was gonna be one of my picks. But yeah, yeah.
2: it's current uh, it's still currently listed on the Wikipedia and the ESPN okay. lineup, but but that's that fights off. So okay. So for those listening and wondering and wondering and those hardcore listeners who knew the card beforehand, but anyway, uh, everything on ESPN plus, uh, uh, prelims at one Eastern time, 12 central time main card at four Eastern time, three central time, uh, starts off with a women's flyweight fight. Natalie's Natalia Silva against Teresa Bleda. Uh, Silva looked good in her UFC debut. She's, uh, she had a lot of hype coming out of that one. Bleda's making her debut, then we have Ben White fight, Brady Heistin against Fernie Garcia. Heistin, the uh, uh, tough uh, runner-up, hasn't fought since August of last year, and uh, Garcia looking for his first UFC win. Then the women's strawweight fight I talked about, uh, Vanessa Domopoulos against Maria Oliveira. Then we have Ben White fight, the tough winner who beat Heistin, Ricky Turquios, uh still looking for his first post-tough win against Kevin Natividad. Uh, then we have bantamweight fight, Vince Morales against Miles Johns. That's a that's a solid matchup right there. Uh women's flyweight fight, Jennifer Maya against Marina Moreauz. Both of them are ranked, so that's uh the only other fight with ranked people on this on the card. Then closing out the prelims flyweight fight, Charles Johnson against August Zumanguloff. Then the main card kicks off with welterweight fight. I talked about Jack Dell and Madalena against Danny Roberts. Then we have another welterweight fight, Andre Fialo against Bozo Salikov. That one could be very exciting too, the uh, Battle of Strikers. Then we have the heavyweight, your uh, your standard heavyweight uh, main card apex fight with Chase Sherman against Waldo Cortez Acosta. Then the co-main light heavyweight fight, Ion Kudalaba and Kennedy and Chukwu, that leading to the main event between Derek Lewis and Sergey Spivak.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's... Uh... What do we got? Twelve fights. Twelve fights. Uh, Yeah, so it should be you know quick show. Might be done by seven, eight, eight. Well, you figure eight, right? Because it'll be be set.
2: It'll be seven. So three hours. Three, three hours mainly for the main card, and they bust, they bust through it. So yeah, it should be over before those of us who are planning on watching all the AEW show, like myself. You know, should be over before zero hour. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, it
1: should be, it should be a fun show. A lot, a lot of cool fights there that, that you just went over and uh, yeah. So check that out on ESPN plus. So, uh, and then Ryan's coverage on uh, on the observer website as well, of course. So the, in the clinch question of the week, and I saw the, the thing I, you know, cause I was watching a lot of the show live this week. So I did see the announcement that the power slap league is coming to TBS uh, in January, which that might be like one of the most surprising news items that I've heard. Um, because like, I mean, I know they were trying to get a TV deal, but I figured, uh, you know, maybe they'll get streaming or maybe they'll be on like vice or something if they're lucky and they're getting on TBS. And I mean, I don't know this, but I would expect it to be after dynamite. I would expect um, that too. Yeah. And, uh, and so what, the question of the week that you said came from somebody on the F4W board.
2: Yeah. Somebody sent me a, a DM asking me if I, if I this question, I go like, you know what, that'd make a good question for yeah In the clinch this week. Uh, so
1: I mean, do you want, do you want to ask me or do you want to give your answer first?
2: Oh, you can go first. Okay, so Cause I, I kind of have like a, I have like a good answer for this. Okay, too.
1: so I don't, I didn't really know anything about this, and I saw, I think I saw one other promo a couple weeks ago, or you know, like just a package or whatever. But and then I saw, I watched this one this week, and. I'm like I'm morbidly curious about this and I think I am going to watch it um because I I just I could I don't like I don't understand it but I'm fascinated by it and like some of these knockouts look incredible I mean I'm going to feel sick about watching it and uh you know I feel like I'm watching a car accident or you know like I'm watching like death porn or something but um like I just i I don't know like i'm i can't believe this thing is on tv but and it can't be what it looks like it is and if it is like i'm just i want to be there to see it so yeah i think i am going to watch it
2: okay i'm struggling with this but uh, (laughs) i'm saying this uh you'll be you will find very few people on this planet who love mma more than i do and i love it so much to the point that i admittedly i admittedly overlooked the head trauma aspect of the sport more than I should have more than I should you know I overlooked that part that part I admit it you know just because I love the sport love the sport and you know and I know I know all the head trauma that goes on in MMA MMA and like I said I admittedly tend to overlook that often you know which is probably bad on my part as much as I love the sport but you know we're seeing it as fires come on you know in their careers but uh This, I can't feel much joy in wanting to watch this, knowing the head trauma that's going through it, through it. I might check it out just to see what they do, but I can't, I can't imagine watching it, watching it, knowing, you know, and and it's kind of weird saying that as much as I love MMA, but, but I think this is just a little too much for me. So, uh,
0: you, so, you know yeah.
1: what, you know, what bugs me more? And I mean, maybe it shouldn't, but it does. What, what bugs me more about MMA than the, than the head trauma is the weight cutting. I just yeah. feel like that is going to, that is going to be an issue for some of these guys as they get older or yeah. they may not get older.
2: Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, we're about to talk about that.
1: I know, I know. And that's, yeah, it's a, I didn't even think about it, but it's, it's kind of a segue. Um But yeah, so
2: so you you think you're probably gonna skip it. Yeah, we'll kind of see. I know my dad was like morbidly curious much like you were. Yeah. You were, so he might suck me. in. He if he watches it, he might suck me into at least checking it out, but I I I don't know that I will willingly watch it on my own.
1: Well, it also depends what exactly the show is going to be. Because it,
2: I mean, it, I mean,
1: I've heard talk that it might be like a reality show, in which case we might not actually see the fights.
2: Um, Oh, we're going to see see some of it. It's just a matter of how much we see. I just,
1: that gets like, what do you, like you're just going to rear back and slap people like you're Stephanie McMahon. Attitude Era. Like Like, (laughs)
2: like, like like (laughs) I had seen like the videos of stuff of the overseas ones, like a, like on Instagram and stuff like that. And I would always just kind of, kind of laugh at it. And I want to give it two thoughts afterwards. And it was really, you know, our friend, Carla, Carla sister's daughter, who kind of just pointed out the heteronomy. And as I thought about it, it's just like, You know what? Yeah, you know, it's not. I think we
1: kind of need to like look at okay what there's got to be rules and it can't be as barbaric as we think it is um you know and and obviously
2: it might be well
1: it might be yeah but i mean when when mma started you know i'm sure you know people thought okay no no holds barred so it's like you know you're just going to be fighting to the death and that's what people thought and that was the reputation and they would show the highlights of you know guys like pounding the groin and i mean it was a lot more barbaric when it started than it became but um you know like this i mean maybe there's you know maybe there's things we don't know about it but um i i will watch but i'll probably be like you where if it looks uncomfortable i probably won't watch it for long but i just i kind of want to see what what this is all about i think but then again i may not even have the opportunity maybe you know if tsn doesn't pick it up and we don't get tbs up here so um but i'm sure somebody's going to pick it up um all right so we have to talk about and we do have to talk about this even though we I mean we you know we can have some nice memories but um uh, unfortunately we got the sad news um yesterday um that uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson had passed away and this kind of took everyone by surprise I mean I think somebody had asked Scott Coker about it um like a week ago or something and you know where's Rumble and he said well he's dealing with a with a medical issue but you know there was no indication that you know it might be fatal um i don't know if you knew anything i i certainly hadn't heard anything and I, we still do we know the cause uh he had
2: non-hodgkin's lymphoma oh and yeah. uh there was uh something that, oh, i don't i forget the term off, off the top of my head had uh uh you know just a but yeah, he was very he. He had the illness, you know, that he a year ago that he talked. They talked uh, the uh, autoimmune autoimmune disease HLH. Okay, and that's a, that's a fatal that's a fatal disease. Not many people survive that one. So,
1: that, I mean, it will obviously be more that than the non Hodgkin's lymphoma because I mean yeah, you hear about yeah, that and yeah. people recover of, from that all yeah, the time.
2: Yeah, died of organ organ fails. The the both conditions involve out of control production of white blood cells. And HLH is a rare condition where those cells build up in okay. the spleen and liver, damaging the So the, the two
1: things combined, okay. Yeah. So it's like so a fatal cocktail.
2: So, yeah. So, yeah, it's, you know, uh, I don't know, know that, you know, cancer, you know, yeah. I don't know if they consider it all cancer, but it's very kind of similar to that. And
1: Well, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, so. I guess that on its own is is something that's treatable, but when you combine it with the other, then it yeah. becomes something that you can't exactly yeah, Mary Mary Lemieux famously had that non Hodgkins lymphoma and 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 he he missed like a couple months and then he came back and he was taking treatment but playing at the same time and I don't know is that the same thing Roman Reigns had too? Uh, no.
2: Roman Reigns had leukemia. Oh, you're right. Yeah, 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 leukemia. Um, uh, but yeah, I think it was the HLH that had okay. more to do with the. And organ and failure. so
1: does the now. The question is, does the weight cutting that he did in his career uh,
2: aggravate that? It's it, you know, it's hard to say. You, you yeah. don't know for sure. But sure, we're not. We're no doctors. Can't help. Certainly not can't doctors, help. but uh, you know, the fact that organ failure is a problem, yeah. and he spent a lot of years. Gaining a bunch of weight, cutting a lot of weight. I mean, you know, it does, that does weaken your organs. And yeah,
1: and and that's what I, what I, you know, was worried about. I I was looking over his career, you know, prepare for this and like, man, you forget, like he fought Dan Hardy. Like, you know, you picture Rumble Johnson and picture Dan Hardy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, I just, um, I just want to, I just want to say, I hope that the way that all the years of extreme weight gotten had nothing. Nothing to do with. Well, I hope with, so too, because it.
1: this is my worst fear. Yeah. You know, when, when you hear about guys cutting 25, 30, 35 pounds and then gaining it back right away, like I just can't imagine the number that does on your body. Now, I know it's been going on for years, centuries, probably even wrestling, but I don't think it's as extreme yeah. as it yeah is and in MMA. No, and,
2: no, and nobody's saying that doing that is yeah. gonna give you is gonna give you cancer but if, no 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 but if you contract cancer yeah did that weaken your organs to where to where you're not able to fight fight it at 100 your body's not able to fight it at 100 percent.
1: yeah so and that's, that's big, and that's what we that's don't the know. big question yeah, that's yeah. the big
2: question that we don't know yes
1: and that's what we don't know so yeah so we last saw him he fought last year in bell tour got, got a knockout so um you know and he um he fought uh, He fought in UFC until t- his last fight in UFC was 2017. I didn't realize it was that long ago. Um, you know, he had the two classic, kind of classic uh, world title fights with Daniel Cormier, um, kind of sandwiched around three, like, just killer knockouts. And that was pretty much the peak of his career, I think. You know, 2014 to 2017, just had a great run in UFC of knockouts and then, you know, got to the title fight and lost. And then got his way back to another title fight and lost. Um, but um, you are probably—well, I, I wouldn't say probably—you are definitely more familiar with Rumble Johnson than I am. Um, I certainly remember that nice run. But uh, you know, a lot of his career was when I wasn't really following the the, the sport very
2: closely. So, what are you—you know—some of your big memories of uh, of of him? Yeah, I remember being at both UFC 191 when he fought at when he fought Jimmy Manoa and UFC 202 when he fought Glover Teixeira, and he won both of those by knockout. And those are some of the most vicious knockouts I've ever seen in person. Like the guy just had incredible power. power. And you look at him, he was just very inside the cage, just very intimidating presence just because of that power. But when you talk to him, he was like one of the nicest people in the world, very respectful towards everybody, just a super nice guy. And you know it's very sad that this this happened. Everybody in the sport loved him, mm-hmm. loved him. He, you know, one of the most likable people in the sport. You know, he had his issues outside the cage that had been documented, but uh, I don't think that made him any less of a person. You know, everybody, everybody has issues every once in a while. And uh, but yeah, it's just uh, this is very sad. You know, and was, I remember his early. UFC career when he was fighting at welterweight and he looked like he was going to be a welterweight champion before, before he just got too big to be fighting at that the division. And then he famously missed weight for that Vitor Belfort fight by, by, uh, 11, 12 pounds and got cut after that, after that. And just, you know, did had his outside UFC run, run with the world series of fighting. I remember him getting in World Series of Fight and Fight, I forget against who, where he got poked in the eye, and it was really bad, and then like 15 seconds later, he knocked out the opponent. You I know, think
1: it was, was that uh, uh, DJ Linderman?
2: I think so, yeah. They didn't call yeah. they didn't call a timeout for the eye poke, but he couldn't see, and he yeah. just threw a punch and knocked out Linderman. It's just yeah. a, it's a crazy finish, but yeah. It's just, I mean, it's heartbreaking, you know, seeing, you know, we're talking about seeing fighters that we – you know that we've watched for the last you know 10 year 10, 15 years retire and then to have one of them just pass away so unexpectedly and uh you know he y ta- you know there was uh you know he pulled out from fight last year cuz illness and said he'd post cryptic messages on social media talk about needing and prayers and how this was tough and and I do remember seeing a picture of him not too long ago and he looked really he didn't look like Rumble Johnson. I'll put it to that one. I think really I think
1: I remember, I don't know if it was on air or off air, but I think we, you referenced that when, yeah, when just, we were talking at one point, because I think I had made some sort of a joke about, you know, oh, is he going to be able to make, you know, 265 or whatever? And, and you were like, oh, if you've seen him now, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be saying that or something yeah like
2: yeah so um, but yeah it's just it's just sad and you know I, yeah. I shed a few tears you know i don't get choked up a lot a lot you know about stuff I, i'm very like very like you know i got a thick skin about stuff like that but it's just it, i shed a few tears like i have in the past for other fighters wrestlers people I look up to And it's just it's just sad see for so, me
1: because i didn't like you know i i wasn't that familiar with him you know as as you were obviously and uh i think for me um elias theodoro hit me harder and maybe because yeah. he was canadian as well um and because i saw his whole career you know as as a you know right from, well not you know his whole big time career anyways um one the thing i remember about him and you referenced it was you know the 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 weight issues and and just the fact that, you know, when you brought up him missing weight against Vitor, what you didn't mention is that his previous fight had been at welterweight and the fight with Vitor was at was at middleweight and he missed it by eleven and a half pounds. So he went from 170 to 197 in, you know, in less than uh, you know, like three months. Um, so that was, you know, kind of weird sign and then he gets cut. And then the next time we see him in UFC, he's two Oh five. So, um, and he, and I think two Oh five is kind of where he belonged. I think he even fought heavyweight in, in uh world series of fighting. So he went from welterweight to heavyweight in like less than two years. So that was, uh, back in the day, like there probably would have been a lot of memes, um, you know, if if stuff like that was happening now, um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be sad. And I will say that I, today, Mondays is the day that I go to my office and I was on my way out of my office. And one of the guys that, uh, work in, in the office with me stops me and he's like, Paul, Paul. And I'm like, what? And he's like, I heard about this young man uh who fought in ufc that that passed away and uh what's the story there and i'm like well i don't really know the whole story and you know so i was kind of telling him what i knew and i i was surprised because he is a ufc fan and he's even bought pay-per-views and stuff and but he wasn't even sure if he remembered rumble johnson so uh but i think he's one of these guys that only buys like the really really big shows so Um, you know, Connor, John Jones, Rhonda, you know, so unless he fought on a card with them and had a good performance, that was memorable. That would be the only way he'd know. But uh, I was kind of explaining it to him who he was and why he was famous. And yeah, just 38, like, man, it's way too young. Yeah. yeah, And yeah. And, and so, yeah, that, uh, that was unfortunate. And, and honestly um, before that happened, I thought the biggest news that we might have to talk about this week and uh, was the news that, you know, Cain Velasquez um, made bail. What was that? Was it Friday? No, it was uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, somewhere around there. Like last week? Oh, that, that fell on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah but he, yeah, so he made bail. Um, judge granted him $1 million. So he has to, you know, put up 10% of that. Uh, considers him a low flight risk because he's got family and he's got ties to the community and no prior history. Um, the, um, the, the opposition or the prosecutor tried to argue that you know, this was a uh, premeditated crime and that he's still upset and blah blah blah. But the he said he promised the judge that he would not um let him down or her down. I think it was a female judge. It was a, um,
2: I think it was a male judge this time.
1: Was it? Okay. But he said, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I can remember exactly how it was phrased, but he said, yeah, I, I won't let you down or something. So he's, he's home, um, you know, a lot of restrictions and, you know, the, the trial will be, you know, probably eight to 10 months or something. But uh, I know a lot of people were, you know, hoping for this. Uh, he's still, you know, it's, he's got a long legal fight ahead of him. Um, you know whether or not you know. Obviously, everyone sympathizes with you know what what allegedly happened to his son, um, and uh, you know and had, can't imagine going through that as a parent. Um, so um, you know, obviously, the judge you know they had some sympathy there and kept his uh, uh, previous uh, non-involvement with with the law. In in fact, I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add. You probably know a little bit more than I do.
2: No, that's pretty much it. I mean, I mean, he got high remarks from uh, all the officers. Like, like I know the officers. Oh yeah, yeah, that he, that he. Yeah, Um, I know the officer that stopped him like on the scene when everything happened. uh, Raved about how how he was kind and respectful and responsive and cooperative about all that. I think you know, like I said, like I said, from what I know, when I read, I don't know that it was like like he was like looking at. I think he came across them like he knew they were leaving like a certain place and he came Yeah. And like like he wasn't seeking them out but he came across them and had the gun in his in his vehicle and he was firing shots like through his window so it was so it was his kind of like erratic behavior kind of it felt like a heat of the moment kind of thing when you kind of when you kind of read the story Kind of seemed like, I a, mean, you
1: know, what the sense I got was kind of like, you know, the, yeah, they accidentally kind of ran into each other, and he probably came probably wanted to talk to him about it and you know, maybe even a little bit more than talk. And they were probably like, no, no, we're not talking about this, you know, it's in the hands of the legal system, you know, it, we're not doing this, and then he probably just got really upset. Yeah. And, you know, tried to, you know, obviously chase them and, you know, cause he wants to talk to them yeah. and then, you know, and then probably just kind of lost his mind briefly, you know, yeah. and I'm sure that's going to be the defense, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, um, temporary insanity or whatever you're going to call it. But, um, you know, I don't think it's, I don't even think anybody, well, they're going to argue that it's premeditated, but I don't think anybody thinks it was, you know, uh, yeah. that he packed his gun and said, okay, I'm going to go kill this guy. Yeah. Um, you know. Ultimately, I think
2: he'll plea bargain yeah and he'll so, do some time that but so, hopefully so it won't little be time years. little yeah. time maybe, or they might call time served enough, but a bunch of community service, maybe house arrest people so. like that you know, and I when
1: this all happened, you know my you know I had feelings about this, but it wasn't it wasn't about kane like yeah. I sympathize with him, and I don't want a guy who you know had his kid assault- you know sexually assaulted at four years old um you know, go away f- for the rest of his life. Like nobody wants that. What I was getting was me was the people that were, you know, doing free Kane, free Kane. Like, I just, like, I think, you know, like when you do something like that, what, like what Kane did, forget about what the other guy did, but when you do something like what Kane did, there's got to be a punishment for that because you got to send a message to the rest of, you know, the community that you can't just go around like shooting people when you don't like the decisions that courts made. Yeah, yeah. So it's not, it's not so much about Kane and I think Kane handled this very well in the aftermath, you know, whether he lost his mind temporarily, like everything afterwards he seems remorseful, he you know he's not making excuses um and uh you know and and he'll accept whatever punishment the um the, you know the system hands him, yeah
2: uh, yeah, and that, Which and that's and that's why I think there will be a plea bargain because yeah and because and that he's, makes he's so he's, much got, sense. he's got no priors and yeah. he's not he's on a risk, it's not like you know you're gonna let. Let a guy out who's gonna tr- try to go murder somebody else. Right. So there's, no da- there's no risk of that that happening. The only person he's a danger to to is the guy who who yeah. molested his child and and, and it, even it, then it's it like, it like have, you can they may yeah. have molested more children than just just yeah. that and the legal system will take care of that. That you know, it's just, and I think it was exactly,
1: and and honestly, and and you know, you you accept the decision to for yourself, and unfortunately, you have to accept the decisions as it pertains to the other person, whether you like it or not. Yeah. So, um, and I think with a clear head, he'll do that. I mean, all yeah. indications are that he will. He's not going to be happy about it, but he'll accept it. Yeah. All right, so we got some better news to talk about. Um, they announced on the show, uh, you know, this, we've talked about it for a few weeks now, the uh, UFC 284 in Perth in February. And so they announced the uh, the the one that we didn't know about, maybe you did, I didn't, I was kind of surprised actually, was Yair Rodriguez and um, um, Josh Emmett for the uh, interim title. I mean, I'm not, it makes sense and everything, but I'm surprised that they're doing an interim title fight on the same card that the featherweight champion
2: is fighting on. Yeah. So so we'll we'll start from the top. they okay. uh, Isla Makachev against Alexander Volkanovsky for the lightweight title is 100% official now for that show. And then the co-main event is, as you mentioned, Yari Rodriguez against Josh Emmett for an interim uh, featherweight title. I had heard that they were looking at booking that fight. I did not hear it was for an interim title. I don't think an interim title makes sense since in one hand, but at one, on another hand, you remember how I was talking about, we've never really seen a male champion, you know, become a two division champion and defend both at the same time. So I think yeah. it's more, I think they did this more interim title as like insurance in case Volkanovsky does win the lightweight title and ultimately can't really defend both. I mean, the only guy we saw was Cormier do both, but, but pretty much when he when he won the heavyweight title, he kinda just dismissed the light heavyweight title. He never Yeah, and
1: that's the same thing. Yeah, he never, defended,
2: he never defended he never defended he never defended the light heavyweight title after he did the heavyweight after he won the heavyweight title. So uh so yeah, there's that. There's that. So I think it's more insur- insurance. A lot of people were asking about Arnold Allen. Uh Allen yeah. uh injured his hand. Okay. And uh he's uh Looking at three months recovery before he can even start training. so that took him so that kind of opened the door for uh, Yair and uh, Yemet, which I thought was probably the right fight to make regardless of Arnold Allen's status.
1: So, yeah. but uh, and then you know maybe Alan gets the winner depending on what Volkanovski does next. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah,
2: we got those. We got those two big fights for for that show. So, so yeah, and uh, yeah, and, and, and Whitaker and Costa and, as well. Whitaker right? and Costa, and then uh, and then uh, if you could, Dan Hooker was talking about wanting to be on that card, yeah. and uh, you know, if you put him against maybe Morcano, Morcano was talking about wanting that fight. Oh. You know, or you could do Hooker against maybe Drew Dober or something, somebody like that. Number number four fight, and then uh, you also have Jimmy Coot against Alonzo Minifield. So you can have a very solid main card right there. If you get Jake somebody Matthews can uh, headline the prelims. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll get a bunch of a bunch of Australian guys there. Ty Tuivasa and uh... Uh, t- Ty's fighting in December, so that'd be a oh okay, turn, I didn't that. that'd be a really quick turnaround. Yeah. For that.
1: Uh, but there's other guys, obviously. Yeah, but,
2: um, but yeah, the, that show that show's looking good so far.
1: Yeah, it's a they got a lot of uh, Australian and New Zealand fighters uh, kind of yeah. on the rise. Um, even uh, Carlos Allberg could see him on that card. Yeah, um, makes sense. Just just got to win this week. Um, all right, and John Jones and Ganu, what's what's new on that?
2: Okay, so here's the here's the one thing Dana was starting to talk about it, and uh, he said he said John Jones is going to get the heavyweight title shot. Next year, it'll probably be against Francis Nagano. Uh, he brought up Jones and Stipe, saying that they never had that fight planned. Which I will tell you from the <laughs> right now is a hundred percent bullshit. Because, because even you know they had that fight planned. They had that whiteboard that was exposed with that yeah. fight with that fight listed. They don't list. They don't put fights on there that they're not talking about making.
1: That was so supposed to we, be Dallas, right?
2: It was supposed to be uh the July International Fight Week originally. Oh, okay, okay. it was supposed to be Dallas, and it was supposed to be this and that. And even Jones was talking openly about fighting Stipe. Stepe. So, yeah, so what Dana said, Dana lied there yeah. like that fight was definitely targeted in the plans because Francis's knee injury, but now it seems like whatever happened there. Whether it was on Jones' side, whether it's on Steve A's side, whether it's on UFC's side, whatever happened there. Now it looks like it's just we're going straight Jones, Naganu. They still need to come to the new deal with Naganu. Naganu is still talking you know, he's still talking his his stuff on the contract. Contract want more rights and all this and that. This and that. He is not he's not with CAA anymore, which was which was the big the big agency that rivals with Endeavor. He's not with them anymore, but he still has the same agent. They both
1: and his you know, contract's up at so, the end of the
2: year, right? Yeah, yeah. His contract is up on December 31st. So uh yeah, yeah but uh we'll see. But it looks like Jones and Naganu and you know, potentially as early as March, March mm-hmm. uh what, fourth, you know, whatever the first Saturday that's is. the Vegas show. Yeah, yeah, UFC two eighty five.
1: All right. And then when's the UFC UK pay-per-view the next time?
2: Okay. They're uh they're uh you know, uh April possibly. They're talking about okay. doing it in Cardiff. Cardiff at the the same place that WWE had a. Oh right, right, right. Class, yeah, not, clash yeah, in Dana the Castle. was talking
1: about that at the presser right. Yeah,
2: yeah, he was talking about the press covers. Same you know, I you know, they said Cardiff, which I guess assumes means the same place WWE had their Pay, pay for you that because I think that's the only stadium there. But stadium you show, see our
1: buddy uh, Jason got his tweet about this got a little bit of traction. I don't care, uh, I but know. I uh, <laughs> that's good for Jason, he, he's always looking for that.
2: Yeah, well, when you pay eight dollars for no,
1: show, no, no, it's because yeah. uh, it's because front row Brian
2: retweeted it. No, no, yeah, I don't want to talk about front row Brian, I either. know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Sorry. I threw you off. So Cardiff, uh the, the same place they
2: did the Clash of the Castle. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, uh April possibly late, Would that be March, like an afternoon show again then? Uh yeah, afternoon show.
1: So you know what? They ESPN plus must ESPN must have been okay with however the um the Abu Dhabi show did.
2: Yeah, a pay-per-view's down, so and they've they've admitted so they admitted publicly okay. this week about how about uh, ESPN Plus, like earnings are down due to UFC pay-per-views being down. So, well, it's that's just it I is mean, what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. No, Connor, it no John yeah. Jones and
1: yeah, no, yeah. That's I mean that's the yeah. reason they just got to make big stars again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's what they got to do. So, all right. So, what's this backstage altercation at UFC 281?
2: There was a right. couple of backstage altercations. Uh, probably the b- most noteworthy one was Nate Diaz and Dylan Dennis. getting into. Oh, I did hear about NXT. this one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently Nate slapped somebody. <laughs> you know, Nate. Nate would be perfect for Power Slap League, probably. So maybe that's his next venture. And then uh, Kevin Holland got into it with either he either got into it with Kamara Usman or someone who was there with Kamara Usman. Kamara Usman was there with uh, uh, several cast members from uh black panther 2 i saw black panther 2 he's uh he's in the movie yeah they Uh, showed highlights on the paper yeah yeah he's has he has a at least one speaking line and line in uh and yeah if you're looking for him it's very now the thing about black panther 2 is everybody in that is in like these over over dramatic costumes because of it because it but he's very noticeable in the two scenes uh, that he's in. Yeah. And and he's, he's in. with
1: the, he's with the queen, like in yeah. the, in the one scene they showed on. Yeah. The yeah,
2: yeah. 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 He, he I mean, it's a good exposure for him. Yeah. So the, um,
1: so. You know, I don't know if I ever told you this. Um, Devin Danis, you know, he's uh, there. We have a, uh, on our team at work, there's, I don't know, seven of us, eight of us, maybe yeah. one of the people on the team, her name is Devin. Um, and the and the um and there there's another person on the team named Dylan and devin I, so what's what's his what's his name it's Dylan Dennis
2: right Dylan Dennis yeah
1: so devin's last name is danis yeah <laughs> so i'm always calling her dylan <laughs> <laughs> because i'm thinking of dylan dannis from from mma and and then but then when i call her dylan the other guy on the team that whose name is dylan thinks i'm talking to him and i am like and i'm never gonna get this straight and Jeez, this has been going on for years but like what are the odds hey eh? like Devin yeah. dannis and dylan all on the same team but yeah it's it's crazy yeah. um all right and we have updates on uh, a few fighters calvin
2: katara holly holm Joanna, yeah, yeah, etc. I'll go in order. Uh first one, Calvin, Calvin Cater. Uh that fight with Arnold Allen. We saw his knee a knee injury yeah. for him. He uh torn torn ACL. So it's a year. So, so yeah, he'll be out for yeah, a year. Uh Holly Holm. Uh she was they had a little fighter uh of uh former and current champion, like kind of yeah, she press was at ringside. press conference during uh during fight week this week and all that. And she was there, but she spoke uh she wants to fight Juliana Pena so oh, yeah. Uh, yeah i mean that would be that'd be a rematch i believe i believe yeah that was because that was basically how Panya got her title shot yeah so yeah. yeah the uh she wants she wants that fight uh algerid sterling also was part of that and he said uh he said the fight he's looking at is sean o'malley he wants the big money fight in it yeah so fight, and that's the fight he wants so international fight week yeah and then uh two other fighters two recent retirees Joanna. uh she was part there. She uh she said she's interested in possibly doing one more dance. So Oh yeah. She was so, yeah, um, she was at Ringside too, right? They close the door and uh, Luke Rockhold uh uh posted on Twitter, I'll be back. Whatever that means. Oh great. So yeah.
1: Actually, so, you know what? He turned baby face on me in, in his last fight. So
2: I'm I am i so, am actually looking forward to that. Like I say, we you know, some of these some of these guys like like Frank Yeager, I firmly believe is retired, but some of these people they say they're retired, but they're just taking breaks. Yeah. And maybe yo and it kind of feels like maybe Joanna and Luke Rockhold follow fall into that. No, we're not really retired, we're just taking a break kind of I think know. I said
1: that with Joanna. Um, that yeah, I I thought think... she'd be back, but Rockhold, I was pretty sure was done. So I, I, Rock, I will be surprised. But yeah, Rockhold, I didn't think was done. So. Okay, so there we go. So we're we're exact opposite on that. Joanna, yeah. who is she was, well, she was with Geishi, right? I remember her. Like she just looked like she was having so much fun at ringside there. Um,
2: I, I guess I don't know. I, I was... skip
1: through stuff, but when I see the fighters and celebrities at ringside, I always rewind and watch those because yeah. I always want to hear who gets the biggest pops. And yeah, a lot we of the had uh, Tyson there and Stallone and. uh, can't remember who I, Oh, oh the, the two dudes that I didn't know from Barstool and uh Miles you know, Teller, yeah, Miles Teller. I saw him, yeah. Oh, yeah. those two dudes were not happy
2: after the Molly fight. Um, uh, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> they had the Dave, Molly of the Meatball shirts and Dave, yeah, yeah, they they they're they the, 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 the sponsor. Molly, yeah so. well
1: it so wasn't I mean, a good yeah. weekend for them then
2: you have the fighters Brandon moreno he's always yeah. getting on camera and he he, he got always, a huge pop. He, he gets big reactions everywhere yeah. they go i keep telling yeah. i keep telling everybody they got something with him being a star and yeah uh, yeah he gets huge reactions everywhere.
1: weidman of course was there yeah. and uh yeah uh weidman looked good yeah uh, he'll probably be back soon maybe we'll get that weidman rockhold fight again
2: that's, Probably well I mean, yeah. I mean, if they, uh, I don't know Rockhold's contract status, but if he's coming back to fight again, and he fights in UFC. I I said that was the fight to do him, and, him and Weidman. So yeah, that could be Weidman's last fight, and uh, yeah, um,
1: yeah, just retired. Say it's a retirement fight for both of them. Um, All right, so I think that's just about going to do it.
2: Um, So I got two fight announcements I want to go. Oh, yeah, sorry. I forgot the fight Uh, announcements. My bad. Yeah, it's okay. They didn't announce much this weekend. We pretty much talked about the Australia thing. The only two notable ones, uh, uh, UFC in South Korea on uh, February 4th. Uh, Korean Superboy, Duho Choi, fighting Kyle Nelson. And then UFC Fight Night, February 18th. Oh, my Uh, God. UFC all-time wins leader, Jim... Ef Miller find Gabriel Benitez. That's a crazy fight. Yeah, it's, you know it's the type of fight. You know you got to put Jim Miller in these days.
1: Yeah, and and Joseph Gordon Levitt's fighting on. Oh no, sorry, different Levitt. Jordan um, Jordan Levitt. Jordan Levitt. Looking okay.
2: yeah. looking the rebound from that Patty loss. You know. Yeah. It's Victor February. Martinez. Yeah. All right, and
1: uh, those are we don't know where those are yet. Those those two favorites are yeah. probably the apex.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I've. Heard the eighteenth, February eighteenth, is not the apex. So oh, good, good. good. Let's well, get out fighting. the apex. Let's get out of the apex after after that January fourteenth card. It's time. Absolutely, absolutely. It's time. Two, you watch this MSG show, and then you compare it to the Apex shows. Granted, MSG was a big card, but still, it's just night and day. It's it's you know, there's it's inexcusable for a company worth ten billion dollars to be having fights in a glorified warehouse in front of 50 people.
1: As, as Bruce, as Bruce Buffer would say, it's time. All right. So <laughs> uh, you can check out Ryan's coverage of uh, last week's UFC in the wrestling observer of the uh, Lamos Rodriguez fight. I was uh, reading that today on my lunch hour, as always, I was a big, big wrestling observer, lots of, uh, lots of cool stuff in there. And then you can read Ryan's coverage of this week's pay-per-view in mean, next week's observer. And then, I don't do you get the week off on the um on the I, the I next will, one
2: or what? I I will write a recap for whenever Dave gets back doing the oh okay news so he'll just he'll, prob- he'll just he'll on. probably just catch up. He'll probably do a double issue on gotcha. Okay, yeah. No one yeah, no one, Dave. He'll he'll take a week off from doing it and then come back with a double issue or something.
1: Yeah. I'm uh I was just that was like the most surprising news item of the week. Good uh, for him. Maybe, yeah. Cain getting bail maybe, but then the second okay, one was Dave Meltzer taking a week off. Yeah, good for him. Good, good for, for him. He deserves it. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you and I got time off coming up soon too, which we'll talk about at when we get to it. Um, and uh, and then you can uh, check out yeah Ryan's coverage in the Observer on the Observer website, of course, on uh, Friday a- Saturday afternoon. And then I've got uh, I'll be doing a preview of uh, full gear. Um, that with Kevin Ely, James McDaniel, and Jeff Hawkins. And that'll be dropping on, I think, the free feed on Friday. So it'll be this very feed. We'll have a preview of uh, Full Gear, which is coming up this weekend on uh, pay-per-view. And then after the show, I think uh, Kevin and I are doing a post-show for the Patreon. So you can check that out as well. So for Ryan... I'm Paul, and
2: Ryan, why don't you take us home like you always do? All right, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Have a great week, and enjoy the fights this weekend. Later.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card.